0: Welcome to the Kaizen Creativity Podcast, where we apply the philosophy of continual improvement to our creativity. Each episode takes a scientific principle from creativity and innovation research, and we translate it into practical advice for your creativity. For more, you can visit us at jaredvoley.com. In this episode, I want to give you a mini biography into Steve Martin. But more importantly, I want to unpack Steve Martin's creative process. What made him so innovative as a comedian? Steve Martin is one of my all-time favorite creative people because he was the rebel's rebel. What makes him so special is that he somehow managed to rebel against a group of comedians that were themselves in the process of rebellion. Steve Martin became the most financially successful stand-up comedian of all time. He sold out arenas years in advance. Today, he is thought of as one of the first true rock stars of comedy. And in the process, he developed an entirely new genre of stand-up comedy, which today is known as anti-comedy. Anti-comedy is the art of being so unfunny that you become funny. It's like telling a really corny, awful pun, but you sell it in a way that is just pure genius that makes it funny. To understand his story, you have to go back to a time before the golden age of comedy. In the 1950s, Stand-up comedy, like the rest of the country in general, was very polite and conservative. As you moved into the 60s, people became more and more tired of the Vietnam War, and there was more political unrest. Stand-up comedy, which has always been a very good weather vane for the general feelings of a country, they followed suit, moving from being very polite and structured to being more in-your-face and unstructured. The polite comedians of the old era, comedians like Bob Hope, were no longer the hottest ticket in town. That honor now belonged to comedians like Richard Pryor and George Carlin. They were leading this comedy coup against the old order. The rebellion started to pick up steam, and soon comedians were always acting angry on stage. They were always raging against the government and against the war. Stand-up comedy as an industry became angry. In the 1960s, a young comedian named Steve Martin was not feeling the anger. Martin was more interested in doing magic tricks or playing the banjo. In fact, early on, Martin wasn't sure if he wanted to be a comedian or a philosopher. It was in one of his philosophy books where he found this logic equation that really planted the seeds for what would eventually become anti-comedy. A logic equation is used to prove some kind of point by first proving the smaller pieces, which are called premises. Here is one of the logic equations that inspired Steve Martin early on. Premise 1. No interesting poems are unpopular among people of real taste. Number two. No modern poetry is free from affection. Number three. All of your poems are on the subject of soap bubbles. Number four. No affected poetry is popular among people of taste. Number five. Only a modern poem would be on the subject of soap bubbles. Conclusion, therefore, all of your poems are uninteresting. This logic equation fascinated Steve Martin. It was funny in a way that he hadn't really seen before. It made him laugh. It made sense when you broke it down. But it was funny in a way that was not trying to be funny. And it was this logic equation that originally planted the seeds for anti-comedy. Now, Martin's early career was often disastrous. He was so different from other comedians that the audience wasn't really sure what to do with him. Other comedians at the time were using these easily identifiable jokes with an easy setup and punchline. Martin was working from the belief that If he told enough bad jokes, he could get the audience to feel so much pent-up tension that they would eventually have to start laughing. And so he let these bad jokes fly one after the other. In his autobiography, Steve Martin talks a lot about bombing on stage at the Ice House Comedy Club in LA. Over time... Martin started having more successes than failures on stage, but his uniqueness was always an issue early on. Audiences would either get what he was doing and love it, or they had no idea what he was doing. Martin's extremely unique approach to comedy is what eventually caught the eye of producers at Saturday Night Live, and his performance there was a major success, He became a rock star practically overnight. In his autobiography, he talks about the first performance he had after the SNL show aired. And he said that when he took the stage, the audience shouted and cheered so loudly that it actually frightened and shocked him. This was not how comedy audiences were normally behaving. But then again, this wasn't a normal comedy show. Steve Martin wasn't your normal comedian. It was his consistent approach over the 10 years of his career that is what allowed him to create something that was so unique. Now, that uniqueness was the biggest barrier to his success early on, but it was also what made him so incredibly unique and successful later on. Steve Martin was the only comedian that was willing to put in the effort to really understand this new idea of anti-comedy. He was willing to learn what works and what doesn't. The original idea of using anti-comedy made him incredibly unique, but it was his determination to learn the rules of anti-comedy that made him so successful. So said differently, he focused first on getting his uniqueness down and only later did he figure out how to be effective within that unique idea. So the uniqueness came first and his effectiveness came later. Now I love watching old videos of Steve Martin because you can see this idea of anti-comedy developing over time. His TV appearances in the 1960s had this element Of anti-comedy in it and you can clearly see what he was trying to do but you can also see that the idea wasn't mature yet he was getting close to really funny punchlines but a lot of the times he just really didn't capitalize on his own idea he was still trying to figure out the rules for himself and little by little he figured out how to take something that was so incredibly unique and make it effective as well. And once that happened, he was absolutely unstoppable. He was so unique that it no longer mattered what any other comedian in the entire industry was doing. There was only one person you could go to if you wanted anti-comedy, and that was Steve Martin. By putting so much focus into getting a unique idea out there, he effectively neutralized any competition that he might face. He got so effective at using anti-comedy that all of the lookalikes that were coming out of the woods once he was successful, they weren't able to compete. How could somebody possibly figure out the rules of anti-comedy better than the guy who had already spent 10 years perfecting it. So often as artists, we are deathly afraid that one of our unique ideas is going to be stolen. When you look at the history of creative ideas, you see that anytime ideas are stolen, it is almost always a safe, less unique idea that's stolen. Think about it this way. Any comedian could have stolen Steve Martin's style, any time over the first 10 years of his career. But they didn't. It was only after Steve Martin showed everybody that it could be successful that all of the copycats came out. Now, of course, we should do whatever we can do in order to guard our creative ideas from being stolen. But we can't live in fear of that happening. We should be way more afraid of never tapping our unique creative potential than we are that somebody might steal an idea. So don't be afraid to trust yourself and trust what makes you unique. So what is the most important lesson in Steve Martin's career that we can apply to our creativity? For me, I think the lesson is that we need to trust ourselves when we are being unique. We need to understand that when we do something that is incredibly unique, when we are very innovative, then what we're doing is we're building this new game with this new set of rules. And we need to understand that, yes, that is our strength as a creative person, right? We are doing something unique. That is a strength. But we also need to understand that the more unique an idea is, the more likely it's going to be that we will struggle with the marketing of that idea. It's fairly simple to sell people improvements on old ideas, but it can be really hard to sell things to people when they just learn that this idea even exists. So this uniqueness, it is both our biggest strength and one of our weaknesses. And I think it is really important as creative people to understand that we are actually making that trade-off. When you understand that there's this trade-off, then it really takes some of the sting out of the, the marketing of this idea because we already knew, we expected that something that is so unique and so different is going to be a little bit harder for us to market. So instead of having this original idea and we sell it just a little bit, and we don't get a good response, instead of just saying, well, I guess I was wrong, we can say, like, look, I knew this was going to happen. I know that this is a super unique idea, and that I need to push it even harder when I am actually trying to persuade other people of the creativity, of the usefulness of this idea. So that is my takeaway for Steve Martin's career. But I'm really interested in hearing, what's the takeaway for you? Do you agree with what I'm saying? Or do you think there's something that is underneath the surface that maybe I've missed? You can let me and the group know by going to facebook.com slash KaizenCreativity. Before I leave, I wanted to give a quick shout out to people who have left a five-star review on iTunes. We have two right now. The first one comes from username sjwrapc, and they wrote, I love the clear and quick takeaways from thoroughly researched facts, very applicable across a wide range of disciplines. So thank you so much. And our second review comes from Adam, and he says, This sort of thing is my jam in general, like, Things You Should Know, or other short but very informative podcasts. And he says he looks forward to future episodes. So thank you so much to the both of you for taking out some time and writing a five-star review. It really, really helps the show. Thanks for listening. We do this every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you're liking the show, please make sure you leave a review. Your five-star review gives the show more visibility. And that lets us devote more time and more resources to improving the show. Which means we can ultimately serve you better. Until next time, keep creating.